Hi, welcome to the Mohua Show. My name is Mohua Chinappa and I am an author, entrepreneur and ex-housewife. This podcast is about everything from business to technology to arts to lifestyle but done and spoken imandari se. Hi, in today's episode we have with us the very talented duo, the founder of Ambridge, Amit and Richard. Amit Vijay, Richard Pandav, both are students from NID, the National Institute of Design, and they have been redefining Indian artisanship since 2011 with their brand Ambridge. Thank you for having us and your podcast more. It's a pleasure. Basically, the name was thought of as Ambridge. We wanted the product to speak. The middle name was thought of as the product speaking about the craftsmanship that has gone to create the love, the affection, and the hands. that have gone to create it and it states that it's ambiguous and it just works that both of us have names that work with the label so we were thinking of whether we want the label to have a hindi connotation or an english so in hindi it would have been amiri which goes with our names again and uh, ambiguous in english works that we one of my favorite brands of course so you know i just wanted to figure out from you that obviously your brand which is a very unique blend of luxury and indian uh, you know craftsmanship do you agree that you know consumers in india are sometimes willing to pay a lot more for international brands but they are unwilling to do the same for indian designers uh, do you think there is a little bit of a truth in that i think there's a good mix so the, the thing is that international of course fashion from the west has been around for donkey's years indian fashion is still at a very nascent state and understanding indian fashion for the year the viewer is very new so we've always had like our driving and festive wear where people i think get emotional buying so they tend to spend a lot more money there lastly it's difficult to compete with the inter- international brands where it comes to publicity and uh, getting yourself exposed to public but having said that i think there's a fair enough there's an innate appreciation in our indianness to appreciate good quality finesse and all those things and today we have a very good mix of clientele who know how to and how to take those things from the west which appeal to them and things which are uh, indian but at the same time and wear them in the right place so ambridge as a brand we we always thought that it's not necessary that if you wear it khadi khadi cannot be west or khadi cannot be luxury or for that matter anything that is handcrafted has to look rustic handcrafted won't look extremely chic and it can look extremely wearable so you know when you talk about handcrafted which is uh, you know which is very central to your brand you know so what is it that drives your passion you know for celebrating the traditional uh, craftsmanship in this modern fashion landscape and you know we know that there's a huge demand for fast fashion of course you're not in that a uh, segment of the market but um, you know let's just go back to a little bit of your past how is it that uh, you know handmade has been an emotional context for you i think both of us we come from a place where both of us love working with our hands so we we've always loved like uh, and also our education from nid has taught us that it's not about gadgets it's not about technology tomorrow it's none of that exists as a creative force we could still be able to create and they've given us they've taught us all those tools we want all these things so for us it's important that work from the hand is is uh, something that is spiritual i feel 
in a way and it, it, it's something that touches the heart so for us it's very important and we don't we don't believe in that aapka bana hua hai to aisa hi hoga we try to strive that to make the making of the hand is better than the making of the machine because ultimately machines are also created by humans so that's something that drives us very strongly and we we firmly believe that a thing that we can do with handcraft or we that we can handcraft that cannot be done by machine richard would you like to talk a little bit about your uh, you know your love for handcrafted stuff did it start with uh, you know very early into your childhood when did you realize because for me when i look back at my own self i mean there was so much of craft all around me which i took for granted while i was growing up in my parents home and it's only now that i've been able to articulate about how much i love handmade stuff how much i love indian fashion uh, how much i love uh, you know the aesthetics um, that is involved in anything that's beautifully um, you know created so richard why didn't you tell me a little bit about that hi moa moa i think my love for handcrafted textiles and uh the uh art comes from is uh, i think my love for uh the uh, mogal era uh, if you say mogal or the i think the uh, how do i put it the opulence of the uh, royals i think that's where uh, uh, my love for indian uh, craft comes from uh and i think uh it's his uh, love for minimalist and my love for uh, the opulence is what uh, brings amrit what it is today how amazing you know i was in lucknow this time i went to the stores that had these beautiful of course unfortunately seva is shut in lucknow it's no longer there and uh, but you know you see the kind of opulence that is there with chicken curry which is of course one of my favorite forms of embroidery you know in india So I so agree with you with the opulence, uh, you know, that comes in with the Indian embroideries like zardosi, like um, you know, chicken curry. But your embroidery is very different, right? And I'd really like you to talk about this absolutely amazing um, Indian piece uh, that you've made for me. I just fell in love with it, and you've used it in a very Western way. So how did you come up with the entire embroidery work of yours, which is absolutely different from the rest? So for us, it's very important. I mean, you, because you've seen a lot of clothes and you've experienced a lot of our clothes, or we we bought textiles in various clusters of the country, like Bengal being one of the primary clusters where we do the finest of pottery, silks, and all. So for us, it's very important that every possible we understand the uh, limitations and the possibility. The problem that happens with clusters is that because of course it's. I mean, it's a given that they are working for the economics. They're doing the work because they want to earn a living and livelihood. So they do things which are safe. They always do things which they know the yeto market will be desired. It is what we tend to do is we do not like doing something which has been done. Firstly, I think that's a, a creative curse you could call it, or it's our personal thing. We would always like to break the mold. So for us, it's very important to uh, understand the technique, see what can be innovated. I would not say innovated, but what can we change? Where you give a more appealing new look. So beadwork is not something which is new to India. Beadwork has been happening where it's born. Beads are something that we absolutely love because of the uh, texture it provides, the the 
the the site name with beads. Of course, again, it comes from a graphic point of view where each bead can work like a circle or a box. So it allows us a lot of possibilities. And uh, we mix it uh, with our like with our woven textiles, with our love of uh, shibori, which is again a craft, which is very signature to us, something that we like. Shibori is a uh, 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 style technique which traditionally comes from Japan. It, it involves the targets similar to bandit in a way, but that's simplifying it completely because it has a lot more uh, possibilities that are there. And so everything that we do, even in our embroideries or creating of our textiles, gets a little inspired from Shibori because of the resin style, it allows us to be textures, it allows us to do key uh, kilo fabrics and uh, it's just our uh, how would you say Pila to do something new that drives us so for this for the piece that you're talking about also it's the handwoven silk from Bengal which is like absolutely gossama and then we added glass beads to it in the same color so it's it's just the key it's, it's something that when we look at we feel happy absolutely I feel completely ethereal when I wear your clothes and what I need to compliment you is this, that, you know, I have an emotional attachment with uh, the designs because they are so uh, forgiving to the changes in my body. And for an average woman, you know, you go through so many changes. Some months I am bloated and some months I'm lesser. And the clothes just fall on me so beautifully. So, of course, I am biased with your brand. And for all our listeners here, I would like you to know that if you want to love yourself, you need to pick up an average piece um so let's just talk a little bit about nid you know and uh, how your education influenced your design philosophy and how do you stay innovative you know amidst uh, this all these evolving trends because you know i mean i see so many people doing these fitted clothes and i mean um, i'm at a stage in my life where i i would really prefer to have clothing that's uh, that sits comfortably on me on an evening out and uh, after i've had a meal and i still feel pretty by the time i leave the place you know so how is it this that you've been able to maintain your design structure uh, you know keeping this in mind because an Amrit piece for me will stay forever you know it'll never ever be dated for me I'll start with firstly talking about being accessible and being loved by women of different shapes sizes angels caste creed color whatever we do, we don't we don't design like that we don't design for a specific woman we design for we and we both have mothers and I mean at the end of the day you learn from that of we change, they keep evolving. As in all humans should ideally, not necessarily they do, but that they should. But uh women do and they, our own bodies, I mean what we were when we were in our twenties and what we are in our forties. So as designers we have to understand that. And at the end of the day, our mantra are guiding Guiding mantra for our devotee is the elegance of uh, simplicity, the beauty of handmade, and the indulgence of comfort. I think that the last word is something that we strongly believe in. So when we, there are times when we create textiles and when we do things, but if they are, we we are both very critical about the textiles that touch our bodies. So we bring that into design. It's our personal experience. It's our personal. Uh, uh, choices, I think, that comes into our labor, very strong. And uh, as far as the NID is concerned, I think for both of us, it was 
quite all uh, cultural shock and a cultural change because both of us are not from design backgrounds. I was a copy graduate uh, working in graphic design and uh, Richard was an IT graduate and he was trying to figure out what he wants to do because when you have the creative streak, uh, you don't want to fit into the normal job words. And we just happened to both of us apply at the same time of NIB. He had applied for apparel design. I had applied for textile design. We got through. We met. I think it was, I, we, I call it destiny that we were supposed to meet. And uh, we learned a lot at NIB. I think the beauty of studying at a screen like NIB, which is multidisciplinary, is firstly, you get students from all over the country. So you get to interact with different cultures, which otherwise becomes quite difficult because you're living on campus, you're living with the same friends, you're living with people who get to know how people are different, the thought processes, their behavior, their style, and how you can very easily adapt things from other people who, without even knowing it, which in today's times is called appropriation and is a bad thing. So, but it, it just becomes a natural part of you. And I think that enriches us. Plus, playing around with different disciplines, like if, if I was a textile student and I wanted to babble with multimedia, that would be allowed. If I wanted to work in a wood workshop, that's allowed. So it, it kind of enriches us. It, it, I don't know how to put it in simple words, but it's definitely a growth in terms of the way you think. And I think process is very important. When it comes to NIB, that's something that's drilled into us from day one, that you have to have a process to your work. There always has to be questions as to what you're doing, why you, and you have to question it yourself. You don't let other people raise their fingers. You do it yourself, you, you should be satisfied before you go ahead and put it out in the work. So I think that's very strong for us also, that stayed with us, at, I mean, more than a decade now and it drives us so collaboration amit can spark creativity you know so have you partnered with uh, obviously you said you spoke with clusters in india and uh, have you also worked with any other designers to you know create anything in your uh, among your collections or is it only been clusters if it has been the clusters which are the clusters in india that you would say you've had the the best experience uh, in working We've not had the, uh, the opportunity to collaborate with other designers per se, but we, we've had lots of opportunities where we've been brought in as consultants or uh, for design intervention for APOs and organizations. Like we did a show with Nichos Talai, Nisha, uh, the Sonuchin people. They basically run the Rutas, Laos, and uh, in, in rural areas, and we train them to sew and implement that. And this has been going on. It was surprising for us that we haven't heard of it earlier, but when the project was offered, it had been going on for, I think, 20 years, if I'm not mistaken. And they have a huge infrastructural cleaning and who have learned. So we were brought in to uh, work with them to create a connection which could be commercially viable in today's faction scenario. So we were amongst a group of designers and that was one fun project because for us, the art cluster was Kalabira in Rajasthan. And we had to work with these women who was more, you would have, you would have had a, a you would have laughed your head off at the same time and you would have thought that, you know, it's, it's, it's so beautiful to see these women in Rajasthan because of the 
we gap in society, the women will always want to be sewing. And all of a sudden, if they see somebody walking on the road, they will then go down, they keep sewing, but they'll be a Ghumda toad. And you'll be wondering that these are the women who actually were people who were not allowed to even step out of their house. And today, there was one girl who was there who had undergone training and was part of the final uh, team that was eating the clothes. She had a wedding and her husband came to drop her off to do the date. And she had known the as you come and put Friday time with the end. We were stunned and we said, why are you here? So she said, I told my husband about this and my husband said, he, today there's no difference in man and woman. And if a woman has the talent, she should be allowed to do what she deserves to do. And we were we were taken aback. So that was one of one of four projects that we had worked on. We've done a project with uh, there, there's a very beautiful organization for Sydney Foundation in Bihar, in based out of Patna. And there's this very dynamic lady called Mrs. Nina Opadhyay who has who uh, has been trying who had been trying to divide the traditional weeds of Bihar and Guti weavers who come back and we like basically heretic neighbors who have left and gone into uh, manual labor and uh, building construction and stuff like that because their livelihoods were see rosier. So we were brought in by Tata Trust who work as in Saudis and designed a wave of Saudis and take them on their say that they could sustain five and twelve. Today we're very proud to have been associated with them and have given them the name Bodhikar Bihar at the Yibut. And it four years down the line they're self-sustaining they're backed by international brands, known source, fabrics, they develop textiles. And the group of papers has increased. The amount of livelihood that has been generated through that one project is insane. So Amit, that really comes through actually through all of your work, you know, the word that you use, Chaka Chon Ki Dunya, you know, it, it comes through the genuine, um, you know, love for art uh, is, is very evident in your designs and the way you both are, you know, um, for the brand. So what are your uh, plans for the future? You know, what have you, what is the vision that you have for the brand's future? So we, we basically want to, uh, going to more lifestyle products and cater to a wider audience where yeah, we create with the same finesse with the same ethos, uh, I would say, eat and offer products and objects which would appeal to people who understand what the beauty of handcraft is and uh, getting you that. But it's one of the things that we are planning to we, we finally, after a period of 10 years, which I'm not very proud of saying, have a website up and run. Because earlier years, we always believe that online selling is not for us since you have to experience an ambitious product. We have to touch the fabric, we have to wear the garment, one standing field to be the fabric. Which, however, well you wish to be one, it, it never comes. I mean, we're not there yet. The forms of technology where you could actually access the tactile beauty, basically, I would say. We finally have a website on, so we, and uh, we want to basically uh, get into a little more of, of the formal way because we have a lot of clients who have who wear our clothing or maybe smaller things and everyday uh, wear and things people who enjoy life in them, and 
Breathing, asking us that we know when we have to go, we're so comfortable when we have to work, but when we have to go for a, a wedding or for, say, our event or an occasional slightly more formal, we have to get out of our comfort zone, which slows them into something more on the front of the foot. So we want more aesthetics to come into the back arena. So that's a, that's a big market for us because that's, that's a request that has been in the last five years. So we like to take it more closer to the chest and we have menswear and reoffering which is going to launch soon and like I said lifestyle products so things that keep driving us and we like to see what new things that we do Thank you Amit Thank you so much Amit This was such a pleasure to talk to you because I'm a huge fan of your brand and you know just for our listeners I need to say this that I had uh, you know chanced upon uh, seeing one of Amrit's product in um, one of uh, these places in Delhi. It, it was uh, Bikaner House and there were lots and lots of clothes kept in the, you know, in that um, rack. And uh, there was this Czech gossamer-like silk fabric that was calling out to me. And I looked at the brand, touched the brand and I said, oh my God, I need to get in touch with them. And I think somewhere upstairs, there was a manifestation that was being heard. And I met uh, Amit and Richard and you know, and I know that this is a very, very long, um, long-term uh, friendship, and uh, I'm an absolute uh, fan of the work that you both do. And the last question that is really funny, but if you were to dress up Rakhi Sawant, which of your collection would you use for her? Choose to dress her up in. I don't think she wear anything apart other than our pants. Maybe our organza or pants, where we where we would have to do away with it. In today's world, I would consider her extremely bored, and I respect her for being who she is and having her own standing. As far as entertainment is concerned, I think she delivers because she calls herself an entertainer. It would be an honor to see how, of course, it depends on what, what piece she's wearing us for, so then we'd have to get into all of that. I think the beaded white dress will look absolutely stunning on her. It's one of my favorite pieces, and this was Amit and Richard of Ambridge today. Thank you so much for being on today's podcast. And I look forward to meeting you in person too. We are great fans of your personality. So it was an absolute pleasure. Lots of love and power to you. Thank you, Amit. Thank you, Richard. Thanks. To you, our dearest listeners, you can find us on your favorite streaming services, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and of course, on all other major streaming services. With loads of love, we are The Mohua Show, where we talk Imandari Seh.